What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Today's episode, we'll be doing player reviews for Tony Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. Going to get both the bums out of the way. But no, we're going to talk about both of them, review both of their seasons. Then we're going to get into the mailbag where we got a few different voicemails going on, everything from the Vooch trade to somebody enjoying the channel. And then Kevin wants to talk to us about Io. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, so first we're gonna re- we're gonna do season reviews. We're gonna continue our season review series. We're almost done, actually. Though I think one of the last players that I have is Patrick Williams, and I've really been kicking back and forth exactly how to review the season of Patrick Williams. So uh, we'll get into that uh, and be on the lookout for that coming. Uh, also, I guess, let me know down below what you guys think about Patrick Williams' season and how do you think I should review a season that consisted of about 18 games? Let me know what you guys think about that down below. But today, we got Tony Bradley, we got Troy Brown Jr., and I'm going to start with Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley was extremely disappointing in the season for a few different reasons for me. While he did show some flashes and he had some games, we, we saw some games in which Tony Bradley defensively was everything that we needed him to be and everything that we thought he could possibly be this season. But it wasn't consistent. And while uh, Tony Bradley Jr. does have still, like I'm, I'm going to say with a lot of people, um, he or uh, the other player that I'm going to review today, he does have some potential. And I know some Bulls fans may not want to hear that because we're Chicago fans. We are very cut and dry. Once you kind of cross the line with us, we kind of just, just write you off. But Tony Bradley did show some flashes. Tony Bradley, at 24 years old, still has some potential. Again, as you get older, of course, that potential goes down, down, and down. Um, but he had a PER of 14.94, which isn't horrible. Um, I think that's even better than Kobe White's PER, technically. But he played a completely different role. So the PER isn't, isn't the, 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 the all-equal fire that it is for, for some players, especially when they play vastly different uh, decisions. He had averages of three points per game. Uh, 3.4 rebounds per game, 0.6 uh, blocks per game, and 0.5 assists per game this season for the Chicago Bulls. He played in 55 games. He started seven of those games for the Chicago Bulls, um, and he averaged about 10 minutes per game. Now, some people will say, hey, maybe he needed some more minutes to kind of do his thing. I don't really feel that way. Looking at, at, at uh, the season of Tony Bradley, it was just one of those seasons to where the Bulls just can't, if, you, if they can't rely on you to give something consistently, they really can't rely on you to, to, to contribute to a team that's trying to compete for a title. Now, he started off in November. He started, he's, he's, uh, October, there was only three games in October, so I'm not counting October. But in November, he averaged about 14.3 minutes per game, gave four uh, points per game, uh, 4.5 rebounds per game um, in, in the month of November. Uh, his, his minutes basically went down every month after that. So in, so in the month of November, he had 14.3 minutes per game. In the month of December, it was 11.5 minutes per game. In the month of January, it was 10.4 minutes per game. February went down to 8.3, and then it was 3.4 in March, and we know why. At that point, Tristan Thompson was on the team. In April, went back up to 6.5. So not very – like, his minutes went down, and that production and the opportunity went down because of the way that he performed when he was given more opportunity. And I know there are going to be some people in the comments there. Surprisingly, especially early in the season, were a lot of Bulls fans that – really thought that that Bradley should have been getting more minutes. And I had those conversations on Twitter. I had those conversations in the comments. But really, it just never came along. He never was the defensive presence that we need. He never was a true big man for us. Like I said, had games where he had flashes, absolutely. 
we all know that he hell, he had a game where he had do, a double double. He had a couple of games where he had double doubles. He really did at times show something, and then it just was never consistent. Anytime he did something for every game, he did something that looked good or something that looked like, hey, this is something to build on. He had four or five games afterwards that were just terrible, and we all know really the way to to picture and bring uh, Tony Bradley's season all together was him being picked up and carried away. By Stephen Adams, that was the last straw for a lot of Bulls fans when it came to Tony Bradley. So when it comes to hit, to grading his season, it's it's a it's a D minus for me. And I know some people are going to get it give it an F. It's a D minus, and the only thing that saves from being an F is the fact that he showed some flashes. Is the fact that you never know if Tony Bradley goes to a team that can invest in his potential. Maybe there's a competent big man in there that can get about ten to fifteen minutes per game. Um, but what I would say is that. I don't expect him to be back in the Chicago Bulls uniform. I know technically he has another season for a player option, uh, but even if they do decide to cut that outright, it's a, it's I think it's a one point six million dollar contract. Um, so that's not huge money, or they can, and that's not huge money to try to move either, just to get off the books. So because of that, you know, Tony Bradley gets a D minus for me. The next player is a little bit even more difficult, at least for me to judge, and that is Troy Brown Jr. Um, I had high hopes for this player coming into the league. I thought I knew they were going to play him out of position. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., a player who actually, when they came into the league, was expected to be a point guard and eventually moved all the way up to be uh, a two slash three. Um, and Troy Brown Jr., I really did at 22 years old, at, at being 6'6", 215 pounds, he has the makeup, at least, that you look at and the, and the length to say, hey, this can be a three and D guy. This can be somebody who's, who, who's, who's a three and D. His PER was 10.16, which is, it's terrible. It's terrible. He averaged 4.3 points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, and one assist per game for the Chicago Bulls in this season. Um, and it just, you know, again, another player, and this, I don't mean to make this a theme, but it's, re it's real. Another player that showed a lot of flashes, another player that still has some potential that may be for a team that can invest in that, but it's not going to be in the Chicago Bulls. He started the season in October getting 11.3 minutes per game. In November, it went down to eight minutes per game. But then in the month of December, with, with uh, over, over 10 games played in the month of December, Troy Brown Jr. averaged 19 minutes per game. And this is what the key is, and this is where I really think um, that in January, in January, he averaged 21 minutes per game. And we know that's when the COVID thing started happening. But those two months were the months that he had every opportunity to really show something for this team. In the month of December, while averaging 19 minutes per game, he put up five points per game, um, 3.4 rebounds per game, two assists per game, which aren't terrible stats on the minutes he was playing. Um, he, he got up about two to five shots per game, hit those at a 40% clip. And then in the month of January, 21.8 points minutes, uh, 21.8 minutes per game, he had five uh, points per game in that month. He had 4.3 uh, rebounds per game. He had 1.4 assists per game. He shot the ball at a 42.9% clip, shot the three at a 39.5% clip. Again, those are solid numbers in a vacuum. Now, he was only taking between two and four and a half shots per game in that month. Even in the month of February, again, another month in which he averaged over 20 minutes per game for Troy Brown Jr. And again, that was surprising to me. I didn't. It didn't feel like Troy Brown Jr. played that much in the month of February, but he did. But the numbers were about about the same for there. And then they dropped off in March 7.9, in April 14.2. So the, the narrative of Troy Brown Jr. as a player off the bench, considering where he was ranked, didn't get enough opportunity this season is not one that I that I can get with. Some people will say that it's not one that I vibe with. It's not one that I agree with, because I do think that he had every opportunity 
to show and earn a consistent role on this team. And I'm honestly surprised he got as many minutes down the stretch of the season as what he did, just considering how his how he played. He was so up and down. There were some games in which he did shoot the ball effectively. There are some games where he gave us something defensively that was really like, hey, Troy Brown did enough defensively this game where it really helped the Bulls out some. But again, like with so many players on this bench, it was really up and down. And that's why I really do think that this team, this front office is going to be focused with getting more consistent players off the bench for the Chicago Bulls because when it just boils down, the consistency wasn't there. While a lot of the players did show flashes, the consistency just wasn't there for the, for the bench players on the Chicago Bulls this year, no matter the opportunities that they were given. Oh, another player I haven't done yet is Tristan Thompson. Um, So that's my thought. Um, When it comes to Troy Brown Jr., I'm giving him a D. Um, And it's because, again, he was given opportunity. He was given more opportunity than even Troy Brown Jr. was. And he didn't do much with it. And because of that, you kind of sit where you are um, at that point. And that's just my opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think about these two players down below. Of course, I'll get polls up as well to go over those let's get into the mailbag we're gonna go ahead and jump into the mailbag this first vo- voicemail is from Amit. yo what's up hey my dog hey this is uh i'm at amit uh you know I, was, I think i was texting yesterday but yeah i was just saying man i love the channel you know most definitely you know I, I want you to blow up bro like all love you already know how it is man but like like i was saying like back from yesterday you know we just need that like we just need like one or two people like, you know, the most important thing, like you said, was the bench and everything. That's what we really need, man. Like, a lot of people, like, didn't get this because they was like, oh, man, we just stuck and shit in the playoffs. But the thing was, like, we had our starters. They were playing a lot, a lot of minutes and stuff like that. And I, I don't know if it was the same when we played against the Bucks if they had uh, Gianna going for, like, like 40 to 50 minutes and stuff like that. But, like, you know, we got to give, like, you know, our players rest, too. So, I mean, that's what, how the bench is, too, as well. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, we didn't really have too much talent on the bench and stuff like that. So, next year, you know, we got to get some pieces in, you know. We got to – we got we just got to start knocking down our shots as well because, like, you know, we was playing the Bucks And even other teams, like, we, we our shooting numbers were just off and stuff like that. Like, our bench was still the last in uh, almost everything in the league. We had the worst bench. So, Mostly, I think, you know, we can make a deep run next year. You know, I definitely see this happening. We just got to get that bench straight. That's it, pretty much. And then, you know, as always, staying healthy and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's what I say. Man, you already know C-Red, man. Bulls fan forever, man. My love to stay here, man. So, Mick goes over his thoughts from the season. First off, I want to say thank you for checking in and enjoying the channel as you did. Uh, we, you were on the live stream last night. By the way, guys, if you guys don't know, every Thursday during the offseason, I will be doing a live stream. Amit, I think that was his first time there. Um, he enjoyed it. But I'm going to start on the Bulls improving the roster. I'm going to focus on that part of the voicemails. Uh, and thank you for keeping it fairly short. Um, I, 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 I say this, right? When you look at the other teams in the playoffs that are still in the playoffs and how they're fighting, the Bulls were never really, and that's because of what the, what the the bench and what they're getting from some of their role players. It's going to be vastly important for this team to improve the bench as much as they can this season and bring in more consistent players, to bring in players that they can bet on, to bring in players that they know what their output is going to be and something that they can trust. They know all of that. And that's what I, t- I think this front office is going to do. I trust AK and Eversley to have a vastly improved bench. I've said it many times. I don't expect much. I don't expect any changes to happen in the starting five. 
what what they do on that bench is going to be important for the team. It's going to be important for, you know, that next man up mentality because there are going to be some games where Alonzo has to sit because of his knee. There are going to be some games where Zach has to sit because of rest. Hell, there may be some games where DeMar has to sit because of rest. We saw DeMar get a couple of rest games just because of how often in the way that he was playing. And you need better and more consistent bench players to do that. And I do trust that they're going to do that. We know we need a big off the bench. Uh, we know we have the 18th pick, which I, I still and fluctuating on what I expect the Bulls to do with that, depending on what they can get at that pick. Um, but we know they're also probably going to try to bring in a 3 and D player, a true 3 and D player, somebody who defensively brings some intensity off the bench on that wing position, can play the two and the three. And they're probably going to also look at somebody who is not necessarily the volume type scorer off the bench, but somebody who can can bring some type of consistent scoring off the bench unless they do trust that Kobe can do that with if the rest of the bench is improved as well. I also do think Ayo DeSumo is going to start showing more of that scoring that he showed in college to come off the bench. So I do expect the bench to be vastly improved from just some progression of a player like Ayo, but also from bringing in new players as well. Amit, thank you for your voicemail. We're going to get into the next one. This one is from Kevin, and he leaves this about Ayo. Hello, my name is Kevin. Just calling to say I approve of your uh take on Ayo DeSumo, but I also want to point out the fact that maybe Ayo didn't uh, necessarily hit the rookie wall, but the fact that many nights he, he started 40 or 77 games, and many nights he was the best defender in the Bulls' starting five lineup. And he, a lot of times he was guarding like Jason Tatum, you know, Chris Paul and other guys, and they were killing them on the pick and roll because they, they got past uh, Ayo. Um, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic couldn't defend those guys. They were not great defenders, as opposed to Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the Celtics. So those are just my takes. I think he had a, I think Iowa had a great season. He had 29 blocks at the point guard position, you know, along with his skills and the points. Um, and I think the offense really wasn't set up really wasn't good for him to succeed because he was put in the corner a lot of times to get those corner threes instead of letting him create to get his own shot. But those are my takes. Take care. God bless. Have a great evening. All right. And I and I agree with everything Kevin said here. I always showed so many flashes in his rookie season that you have to say that his potential is right up there with just about with anybody in the first round. And that's something that I've been saying about Io for the majority of the season. And I truly do believe that Io showed so many flashes defensively. He showed he needs, he does need to improve with a confidently taking shots because as we saw with Io, especially down the stretch, but even in when he was playing his best is that at times he did shy away from taking shots in close games. We need that to, to come around and to be fixed as well. But Io showed so many flashes and he has that one key skill defensively. And I think he's even going to get better defensively. We saw him get cooked by players like Maxi and things like that. But as the game slows down, as he's going to get stronger, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to put on more weight per se, but he's going to get stronger for sure. And his frame, looking at his frame, he can't afford to put on a little bit more weight as well. Io DeSumo is going to be vastly important for what this team does and how they think that they need to improve this bench. If Io really develops some in this offseason going into his second year, which we mo mostly do expect him to do, it can really change the whole dynamic of the Chicago Bulls bench. Like, Io is going to be playing a lot out of position. He's going to be playing a lot of shooting guard probably. Or they may slot in Caruso as the shooting guard and let Io really run, run the point because as we saw going over the season, especially with Lonzo was out, Billy Donovan did start trusting Io to actually run the offense a little bit more. So does he do that? But Io's development is going to be key. Now, one thing that it, that we need to keep in mind as well is that Io is, is a 
restricted free agent at the end of next season. And so how the Bulls really build out this bench is going to be telling for that as well, because we may see a situation in next season in which the Bulls don't really use their full, full mid-level exception because they have to offer Io a considerable extension. What does that mean for Kobe White? Again, most of us don't think that Kobe White's going to be here. And I get more and more on that on that part, that side of things as things go on and seeing what they do with this bench. But Io is going to be vastly important. I love Io season overall. I love the, pro- the projection that he's on, the fact that we can actually look at Io and say, hey, this guy may be a starter level level point guard when it's all said and done that we got in the second round. Thank you, Kevin, for leaving that voicemail. This next one is from the 773. Now, he did not leave his name on this one. But we're going to go ahead and play now. What's up, man? It's definitely your boy. Uh, Double calling in. Um, I am so sick of this. Uh, Vucevic, hate. Um, I was just listening to a couple podcasts, and I was listening to um, – the radio, uh, local Chicago radio, and they really killed me about how bad they talk about Mooch and how bad of a trade it was. I was listening to uh, C. Red Fred with Doug Donis, and they were saying that it was the worst trade the Bulls ever made with Wendell Carter, and I don't understand why they think that Wendell Carter is such an all-star player where Mooch was actually he literally had a double-double this year, and pretty much there was times he had to carry the Bulls, and I look at the fact that Billy Donovan didn't use him properly when he was on a roll, so I don't know. People just need to stop the slander with this which bitch hate. I don't understand it. They said it was the worst trade that the Bulls could make, and they were saying that DeRosa would have still came here, but from what I've heard, they said that Booch was the reason why um, DeRosa decided to come to Chicago because he was recruiting him. So people just need to stop with this hate of Booch. I'm not saying he's a perfect player, but he's not as bad as people think he is. So um, can can you go into this detail to actually show that Booch is actually a decent player for this Chicago Bulls team. So, um, uh, unless you could come up with another solution, I don't think we can, but I think he's a, a decent player for us. Um, and I appreciate your, um, your, your review and your takes. Um, um, I listen to you as much as I can. My work schedule allows, so, um, appreciate it. Um, um, congratulations on um, moving up the ranks. So, um, still be listening. Go Bulls. All right. So this is the forever Vooch topic. And he talks about Doug Tonus and C. Red Fred saying that it was the worst trade in Bulls history. Do people forget that we traded for Cameron Payne? Like, listen, that, that people are so overblown. And I respect Doug Tonus. I've been listening to Doug Tonus literally since I was like 20 years old. Um, and C. Red Fred, I like, I, I love C. Red Fred. I've said before, like, I love that he he's such a, a, a C. Red Bulls fan that he comes up with something that every season of how the Bulls can win the championship that year. Um, but they're they're tripping on this one. And I and I'm going to stand by that. And even though I've l- listened to them for years and they are in many ways of people that I've really, you know, respected in this podcasting game, especially in sh- Chicago Bulls content creators. But they're tripping to say that. Listen, Wendell Carter had a, a nice season on the on the magic on the worst team in the NBA. He put up some solid numbers on a team where he was able to get up basically as many shots as he wanted to. He wasn't going to get those shots on the Chicago Bulls. Now, one thing that I have said and been very vocal on, the fact that they threw in an additional first-round pick, 
is probably the biggest thing that I have an issue with, that pick turn, turning into Franz Wagner, who looks like he's going to be a pretty damn good player. Now, depending on how he develops, that trade look can look worse and worse every time. Um, but overall, no. Again, keep in mind, Vooch played a very big part in DeMar DeRozan coming. Vooch also making that trade for, a, for an all-star was a big part in showing that the Bulls were serious about winning. The fact is, is Wendell was always going to have some potential. And Wendell, especially on a team that isn't winning much, and he can get up as many shots as he wants to. Don't forget how Vooch looked on that team when, again, if the, the situations were reversed, it, it's always going to look a little bit lopsided when you're when that other team just isn't good. Let's see once the Magic improve, once they start playing meaningful games. Yes, Wendell looked good against us in a few games. Yes, Wendell looked good in a lot of games this season. But let's see once it, once once they get to if they even get to a place because I tell you what right now if the Magic keep Wendell Carter and have Franz Wagner for however long they do and for the next three or four years they're they're not even in the playoffs no that wasn't the worst trade in in Bulls history it just wasn't and that's my opinion um, let me know what you guys think down below on that one I know there's going to be some disagreements and agreements on that one. Um, but that's it. That's the show for today. Thank you for supporting Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail like you heard on this show today, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red, don't be red. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. Media.